Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com INTB and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audibletrial.com INTB. Honestly, they're not that bad. Welcome to a new episode of It's Not That Bad Podcast. I am Fern here with Dom. Hey. So obviously, as the world burns, right, with everything going on, you know what? I'm going to take that back. I'm going to say it's not the world anymore. Uh-huh. I'm going to say it's mostly United States. Yeah. Maybe Americas, because I think there's high spiking places in South America, too. I can but see that. either way, as the United States burns, right? I decided uh, yesterday, I was like, well, you know what? There's a there's a pandemic going on. Uh, people don't know how to wear masks. Um, my own family is being weird about it. My sister was like, I don't like wearing a mask. I'm not going to go to the store. And it's like, you don't have to wear a mask to go to the store. You have to wear the mask. To go into the store. I have asthma, okay? That means that I'm going to die if I wear a mask. Oliver has asthma, and he wears a mask all the time. My doctor says if I wear it, <laughs> I'm going to die. You never went to a doctor. <laughs> um, yeah, just, you know, just a lot of stuff. It's just like, oh, my God, shut up. So I was like, you know what? <sighs> I deserve some me time. So oh, I took okay. my nephew, and we went to a skate park. Around one o'clock in the morning, aka uh, 115 degrees. Yeah, and boy, was I like, Wait, what time this was is it? Fucking stupid. It's like one o'clock in the in the afternoon. Yeah, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I was like, this is this is dumb because there was no it's, one there. Yeah, well, when we got there, there were some kids leaving. And then, uh, oh, we were then, there for maybe 15 so minutes. Wait, so, was it? Was it a hundred? You said it was a hundred and what? Hundred and fifteen. And that was the temperature just outside. Yeah. And then just think about this. It's ex- exacerbated by that concrete. Yeah. And yeah, so some kids came later, and stuff, and whatever. But um, there's no one there, which makes sense. And it was like fuck. So I knew it was gonna be hot. So i i had a I had a frozen water bottle. I took, and then I took a water bottle. And then my nephew was supposed to have two water bottles, but then he was like, oh, I just left them in the car. We don't need it. Oh, my God. Anyways, we get there. It's chilling. Right. And it's like, oh, it's hot. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. But um, then you got to remember that um, I didn't eat anything. I barely like I think before we went to the park I maybe had like two cups of water, which is OK. But, you know. Yeah. So, anyways, we go there. He's chilling, asking me things. Well, yeah, you know this. It's funny too because I haven't been there in such a long time. The wedge. Yeah. That when I remember skating it, I remember it being so much bigger. And I think every time I've been there afterwards, I've has always been like spectator from afar. So being back there was like, huh, this is kind of smaller than I thought. Like, I remember, like, the drop-in, like, uh, little bowl area. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I remember that being so much bigger. And I'm like, oh, this isn't big at all. 
But whatever. I was just like, it tripped me out. So I'm like, I was like, but this, I remember this like little hubba area. I remember that being like, oh, I don't know. It tripped me out. But anyways, but we're there for a good while, right? And I'm like, God, it's like really fucking hot. But by this time, I didn't even know what, what how hot it was. I just knew it was hot. And he's skating. He does his scooter stuff. Tries to go back to skating. You know, good stuff. And then <laughs> he ate shit really hard. <laughs> and he's like, oh, man, that hurt. And I'm like, yeah, yeah you fell. And then he was drinking water and stuff. And he was like, you think, like, we could come back? I'm like, yeah, we could always come back. He's like, no, I mean, like, I don't know, to, like, later today or, like, tomorrow. I'm like, oh, you want to go? And he's like, yeah, because it's, like, kind of really hot. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. And I told him, I was like, well, I told you, like, that's why, I, you know, I told you if we got up early enough, we could just go to the skate park for, like, two hours in the morning and yeah it may be a little bit hot but it's not gonna be this hot or maybe late at night but i told him i don't want to go at night because everyone goes at night it's gonna be packed and he was like oh yeah okay yeah instead of it being 115 it'll only be like 100 yeah see smart (laughs) um and so he's like okay yeah so we're leaving right and like the walk from the car to the park is just right there, right? Normal. But the walk from the park to the car was like, what is this, like two yeah. miles? Yeah, yeah. And it just, like, it was, <laughs> I was so drained and stuff. It was like, what the fuck? So we get in the car and stuff, and we're like, oh, fuck. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, I definitely need to eat. So we went to go stop and, and get something to eat and stuff, and... So literally just uh, we pulled off to like this little park area and we ate and stuff like that. Whatever. He's talking, whatever. That part was nice. But the part where we sat in the sun for half an hour, 45 minutes, something like that. Yeah, that shit sucked. So we went to California over the weekend because like they had already planned to like go out of town anyways. And so. They assumed, like, well, by July, this should be done, right? Like, we should be able to go. And it turns out, <laughs> oh, ye of uh, not thinking. Uh, anyways, so the thing is, like, everyone, I mean, there was, like, pretty on top of, like, I mean, for the most part, except, oh, my God, Huntington Beach. They were having a 4th of July parade still. And they, they had, like, a, a thing out, like, we're not, like, you, you don't, like, we're still doing it type of thing. But stay six feet apart. But we we went, because, so we went to, like, um because a lot of the state beaches are closed, but, like, city beaches are still open. So, or, like, specific ones are still open. So we went to one beach. I uh, we went to Seal Beach. And, you know, everyone's pretty far apart and, like, wearing masks if they're not in the ocean. So, like... Like, places are, like, keeping things, like, under control. But as soon as you get to Huntington, no one... Everyone's out and about shopping. Like, it's packed. And no one's no one's wearing masks. No one's wearing... Or no one's social distancing. But it's just so weird to go from, like, oh, everyone taking precaution to this one section that is, like... And I was, like, 
this is worse than back home. Like at least back home, most everyone's like wearing masks too. For but no, no one was there. Where my mom was like scared. She's like, we, we gotta leave. Go. Yeah, we left. We didn't even oh, stop. We, no, like, we didn't. We were passing through. We were going to stop and eat there, and then just go because um, we need to pick up some pies. Um, <clears throat> but we were gonna stop and eat there. But then we saw that like everyone, like it. Actually, you know what? No, I take that back. It wasn't everyone. It was only white people. They were the only ones who weren't wearing masks. And they're, like, not even, like, trying to be, like, separated or far apart. They're just, like, they're acting as if, like, nothing's... They're, like, uh, the little dog in the, like, comic strip where uh, it's all on fire and it's all... Oh, this is fine. I thought um, most of California is, like, closed. Yeah, most... most. See, we were only... We were going to go... Wow. We were only going to go and, like, to my mom's friend's house. But even she was, like, taking precaution. We had to be outside. And everyone still had to be, like, social distance. And we had to wear masks still. But, I mean, for it was weird because I thought that, too. I thought most everything was closed. It turns out it's, like, restaurants are closed. And, but they can still have, like, outside dining. So that's what we did for, like, uh, Norm's had outside dining. Um. Yeah, but be- because there it's it only gets to being like ninety degrees. And I was like, man, I feel so good. Isn't that ridiculous that we think like, man, ninety no, degrees? We've, we've had that before. Ooh. Remember one yeah. time we went and it was like someone said something about it's hot and it's like it's not. It's not. It's pretty good. No, not one. Not when you've been in baking weather. <laughs> yeah, I think that's something I always tell people too. Is like you got to understand that with humidity. There's oh, some I, give. Ugh. Like I get like it feels you feel stuffed and trapped. But with Arizona, like that like there's good and bad, yeah. But with Arizona, like we don't have that. When we when we say like we have 115, it's not it feels like 115. No, it is it's 115. 115. And then it's baking everything around us. So for you, when you're out and it's not, oh, it's ninety degrees with X humidity, feels like a hundred and ten degrees. For us, when it's outside and it's a hundred and fifteen, it's baking the asphalt, it's baking everything. So, if you stand in yes, yeah, cement or asphalt, that's that's probably close to hundred and thirty degrees mm. that you're just baking from up. Yeah, and people don't people just like. Oh, I, oh, my! No, no never heard yeah, because it's, it's ridiculous too. Because you, you, you never felt it where you go outside for just a bit and you come back and you like you're just radiating heat off of your body. Yeah, that's how much you've been baking. Yeah, literally after yesterday, turned on all the fans and stuff, and I just laid there, almost naked, just like, God, can I just cool down already? Yeah, and like, it, it, felt it like takes I a while cool to cool down. down. Crazy. But that's also because, you know, I hadn't been out in like, I don't know, five months or something. Yeah. <laughs> but either way. But yeah, I mean, go ahead and go on vacation and support this great country that, you know, wants to kill unarmed black people, Dom. I'm not support- and, what? And, and hide murders of uh, young Latin women on their bases. Yeah, Dom, go ahead. Support your 4th of July. Liberals. This is the fucking news. During an interview with the hair stylist Kristen Brown on Instagram Live, Halle Berry talked about 
a lot of things, including her her hair journey throughout her career and her upcoming directorial debut with uh, Bruised. Then she spoke about a role that was pitched to her, <clears throat> a transgender man. She then said, I want to experience that world. I want to understand that world. Um, I don't think this is a good idea because, as we've seen before, when Rub, what was it called Rub and Tug, was kind of was going to go into production, and they they got the one person who knows what it means to be a minority, who knows what it means because she's portrayed in minorities before. So why why wouldn't she understand the plight of you know people who have to live in these marginalized communities, right? By getting the blonde haired, blue eyed Scarlett Johansson to, to to play this role, right? That's as marginalized as you can get, right? That's what, ho- at least that's what like Hollywood used to think. What was that like two years ago? A year ago? <laughs> two years ago? Uh, yeah, maybe two years ago. So now they see they've learned their lesson. Now, instead, you get Halle Berry to do it, right? Because she's she's from a marginalized community. She's black, so it's, see, she understands where they're coming from. Wait, is it the same movie? No, oh, it's a completely okay. different one. That would be that would be so fucked up. Where like they're like, see, <laughs> we learned our lessons, guys. <laughs> That's what I thought. I was like, no, hey, no, no, no. It was it was a it's a different movie. Um, but um, she eventually after quite a quite a few like a uh, huge like backlash on Twitter, which you know obviously because it's like the same thing that came up with Scarlett Johansson playing a transgender man. It's the same thing that's going to come up when Halle Berry is like, oh, I could play a transgender man, right? And it's like, um, so Sam Fetter, director of the recently um, released documentary Disclosure, um, tweeted uh, to, at the actress, often people don't know what they don't know. And that's okay. At Halle Berry, please consider watching at Disclosure Doc before performing transness. Um, because that, that movie is um, chronicles the portrayal of trans people in media. Um, actress Jamie Clayton echoed Feder sentiment, asking that she watch the documentary and share it. Please fight for us, not against us. You know, using the hashtag trans is beautiful. Former Survivor cast member Zeke Smith referred to similarly that similar situation um, about Scarlett Johansson. Um, he said, "As soon as possible, can ScarJo's publicist call Harry Halle Berry's?" publicist and explain how this is going to go down because from this little snippet miss barry should have nothing to do with representing our community halle berry didn't waste any any time to make things right which literally like i think a couple days later she went on and like apologized and said she's no longer considering the role if you're playing a role where there is a trans woman or a trans man Mm. that's what it is right Logic says, why not have someone who is a trans woman or a trans man in that role? Yeah. Right? Yes. And I think that that sentiment, it's frustrating to them because it's like, it's so simple. Like, if you were going to say, we need a black man to be in this role. Mm -hmm. This is a black man, right? Mm -hmm. Ryan Gosling. (laughs) Yeah. Well, what if we just tan him up a little bit? Yeah. That that's where that's what it feels like to them. It feels like you wouldn't do that with them, right? I mean, but it's also like that same question of like when you're uh, when you have a character who is like 
Yeah, like um, like Down syndrome, right? Yeah, you wouldn't yeah, want yeah, yeah. you wouldn't want some actor to just come on and like you yeah. act like that's like that's messed up. Instead, you you get like which we've seen that there are um, actors with Down syndrome and they do a pretty good job. And so that's what that's what I mean is like it's that same idea of like, well, what do we what do we do like who do we get for this? Oh, well, I hear Halle Berry's a, a really good actress. She won an Academy Award. She's she's a person of color and she's won an Academy Award. Well, uh, we can pat ourselves on the back because she can play a trans man too. See, remember Hillary Swank did it in that one movie. Yeah, I I feel like. It's it's such a such a simple thing to get right, like it, like I get, like you know, like if uh, if they get like some girl to to kind of like uh, to play like this person that's normally like a man or something. Oh, I, and they like gender swap. Yeah, like like I feel like Hollywood thinks that's the same thing, where they're like, yeah, see, because. Look at this. This role was gonna go to a guy, but instead it went to her. So, I mean, why can't it? Why couldn't Halle Berry play this trans man? On that's uh, basically the whatever. same thing, right? A trans man is the same thing. Yeah, I, I feel like that's what that's kind of what they see it as. But I mean, we've talked about this almost since the beginning of our podcast. Yeah, where they where the trans community in Hollywood constantly comes out and says, "Hey, we exist." You know, we could do these roles if you gave us the chance. Yeah. I mean, uh, constantly they're constantly saying that. Yeah, I mean, look at within what the last year or so. Like you said, we got um, dispatchers from elsewhere. Well, uh, what's her name kills it in that. Uh, look at uh, Euphoria. You, yeah, that was a good one. I mean, when you give these people Such the opportunity to do so, Assassination Nation. Assassinate. Um, um, hustlers, hustlers. When you give everyone the opportunity to do this and show, like, hey, yeah, we may be trans woman and trans man, and maybe that's not, you know, we're not the Mel Gibson you're looking for in this role, but we're still able to play all these other roles. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense, right? And and I'm not saying like we only need to cast trans people in trans roles. No, it's not how that works, but. If the role calls for a trans woman or a trans man, then yeah, get that person to play. But I mean, we talked about it before where if we have a role and it's just, hey, funny neighbor, blah, blah, blah. Right. Yeah, that that role could go to a trans person, too. But most likely it's not going to because Hollywood doesn't feel like, oh, well, they're they could be B characters, but they can't be those B characters. Yeah. I feel like for some reason they like, they want to be like, they want them to be like, see, they're empowered. Like that's what the kind of character has to be like in Spider-Man. Like they, they do a pretty good job where the, the, um, they have a trans character. You wouldn't even know that they're, they're trans because that's cause that it's not like, you know what I mean? Like the kid, like they're there with the other kids. That's normalized. No one, no one has to point it out. It's like, it's just, it's normal. Like, you know how, like, re, like in real life, it should just be like normal. But for some reason, everyone's like, are there certain people who are like, wait, you, you tell me that you're trans. That means that now I hate you. It's like, <laughs> but we were really good friends before. 
Yeah, but that's before you told me. God. Yeah. And I mean, as dumb and silly as some of this shit sounds, like that's the reality. Yeah. Like it's the reality that the <coughs> idea of, hey, let's just cap this cast this type of person. And like I said, it makes sense all over the board, right? Uh, where it's like, oh, you want a Native American guy to play this? Get a Native American guy to no, play No, Johnny this. Depp. God damn it. Didn't isn't he like some Indian? Yeah, so it's the same. Um <laughs> and it's it's stuff like that where it's like, yeah, why is it so hard to say? You know what I mean? And I don't know. I mean, we covered this before, we're probably gonna cover it again. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, just the idea that it seemed like Hollywood was like, Well, we tried this before with Scott Johansson. It didn't work. We get it, right? We get it, right? So what if we try on a woman of color? I mean, those are in right now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Black Lives Matter. Mm. See? See what we did there? We're going to get no backlash from this. <laughs> They're like, oh, what do we got to do? Cast trans people in trans roles. Oh, no, you're asking too much. That's what it, that's honestly what it feels like. So yeah. I've honestly, yeah, we get it. We feel for them. It's like, imagine being in a community where you're constantly saying like, hey, I'm here. Give me a shot. And they're like, no, but good try. So Universal has decided to push Candyman to October and delays Blumhouse's Halloween Kills to 2021, which... To to start off with, I think is actually maybe like a better move because Candyman was supposed to come out um September twenty fifth this year, and I think Halloween Kills was supposed to come out in October this year, but I think it works out a little bit better because I think Candyman should have been released in October anyways. I I, I don't I mean I I get like releasing horror movies whenever right, but like I feel like the perfect time to release it is like. October, like, yeah, I mean, I guess September, like the end of September works, but like in October, it's like people that's like, that's what people want to go do. Like, they're like, hell yeah, I want to go see some scary movies. Put on Boys Don't Cry. I mean, well, we did talk about this before with uh, certain movies being released certain times Mm. where horror movies come in like a larger variety now. So we could watch a movie like Underwater, which is a horror movie. Mm-hmm. And it coming out, you know, early in the year, it's like, yeah, yeah, it's fitting. Yeah. But then you get a movie like, um, like a it right coming around. That's perfect for like the Halloween season, the the late September, yeah, you know, early October's. That's the movies that you want to people to go see around that time, right? I mean, it'd be weird if. Halloween, the movie was released in like, oh, here's May, here's your new <laughs> Halloween movie, and it's like, but you could just waited to Halloween. No, we don't do that no more. Like you know what I mean? Like you, you say to them, they're like, God damn it! Like why did I think of that? So yeah, I mean, of course, movies can be released whenever. There are some movies that I feel like deserve to be in that that you know time frame. And honestly, yeah, a uh, uh, a Candyman fits that, right? A literal boogeyman around Halloween time. 
That's perfect. I, I think, I think, uh, with something like a get out being released early in the year, that, that worked, right? Mm. Uh, same thing with the us that worked. But when you take something like this, where it's like, it's a literal boogeyman. Yeah. Like it fits for October. So that's not really a negative thing. No. I think that's more of like a fitting thing. Yeah. Especially because like, I mean, I think Candyman is like getting everyone hyped enough for like, I think that's when movies will eventually be back in theaters. It's so crazy to think like when all this started, like August and um, September, that all seems so far away. And it's like next month is August. I it, It's just crazy that we just didn't just like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> the, the whole thing is stupid. Um, but yeah, so now Halloween, so it'll be Candyman this year, Halloween Kills next, um, October, um, October 14th to, oh no, October 15th, 2021. And then Halloween ends will be October 14th, 2022. But I feel like that, that gives you a more spread out, like, like, Hey guys, like this, like, especially for. Blumhouse, it's like, hey, you got sure things for a few years. Because are they? Do- they're not doing Candyman, are they? Or are they? I don't know. I don't think so. Oh, thank God. Disney reveals details of the upcoming sequel to Tron. Tron Three. I don't. I don't know if it has a, a title. I know it was once called Tron Ascension, um, and it was rumored to be starring Jared Leto, um, and that Daft Punk could be coming back, but. Um, Disney music executive Mitch Lieb provided a progress update to the threequel. He said, we've got a great script. I mean, a really phenomenal script that we're really excited about. Whereas the timing wasn't right to have done it years ago. I think we feel like the timing is right now. And I feel like we've learned a lot of lessons from the last movie. And and that the movie has been considered for Disney Plus. Which kind of makes sense because they have been pushing Tron more in their parks. Too, because they built a whole like Tron roller coaster in Epcot. But anyways, I I honestly didn't think the second one was terrible. I thought it was pretty good. You can you can kind of see where like this is where they were starting to do like de aging. And yes, maybe the de aging doesn't look that great, but like at least they like tried. Like I don't know. Like and the storyline's not terrible. Like it's his son, and he's like. Basically, yeah, they're gang and stuff. Yeah, have you you seen it? Yeah. Okay, good. Because I was like, am I the only nerd who's seen it? We want because obviously it sets up for a sequel, like that's the whole thing, and then there's no sequel, and it's like, well, the hell. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Toronto's always like that weird '80s movie that I always heard about stuff, and I remember I I like. I think I saw it once before. Yeah, I've watched it once. But I never really was like... Yeah, me either. <laughs> but after the new one came out, I was like, oh, it came on TV. I was like, I'll watch it. And it's 80s as 80s can be. A lot of, you know, like, oh, check out my Nintendo. Love, <laughs> yeah. blah, blah, blah. Like, it's whatever. But yeah, the new one, I mean, that, yeah, it was fine. Like, I didn't hate it or anything. Um I mean, I, I guess it's okay that there's gonna be another one, uh, if it is shooting for Disney Plus though. Like, 
that's a positive because that's building the platform, like we yeah. said. Mm-hmm. And I feel, and the thing is, like Disney Plus is building their platform, but I feel like they're doing it in small increments for yeah. like niche people. Like, there's a lot of things that are on there that are new, but there's like a lot of things that you know don't really interest. I mean, I get you know it's not all for me, but they don't really interest me or like my nephews or anything like that. It's like. Oh, that's cool, I guess. But it's not anything that I got. Oh, I got to watch it. Yeah. Um, And I feel like with Disney Plus, and I don't know if we talked about this before, but even it being a Disney app, it has to diversify because there's going to be people that are watching it just for their kids to watch it. There's going to be people like us who grew up with it. There's going to be people, you know, who want to, you know, oh, well, we're watching as a family. There's going to be people who are looking towards like the the old school, like, oh, I remember all this because, you know, I'm an old school. Yeah. Now. Oh, I remember all this. And so I feel like they they always need to diversify enough to where they could still get someone like us who it's like, yeah, I mean, we like Disney Plus, but like there's no new Mandalorian and we already watch all the Star Wars over again. So, I mean, who knows when's the next time we're going to do that again. And it feels like there's nothing on to watch there. Even though there is a bunch of stuff we would watch, there's not stuff captivating enough. And I feel like them doing stuff like this, taking a, a Tron sequel, like you said, something that you like, but still giving it the the theatrical treatment, right? Trying to get a big name, trying to get Daft Punk back, like doing that definitely helps. So I feel like this could be a good indication of, yeah, maybe Disney does want to go all the way in. Because even with the Mandalorian um, and what we know with uh, Marvel, it's like, yeah, those they're getting like the bigger names in there, but those are the bigger names attached to that stuff already, right? With Marvel, you're getting the people from Marvel already. Um, with Star Wars, it's like, yeah, okay, this this is this feels right for Star Wars. But imagine, you know, um, the Russos come on to Disney Plus and are like, oh, hey, we're gonna make this all new movie for blah blah blah, or this all you know TV show, whatever. It's like, huh? Shit, I, I'd watch that. Yeah. So, I mean, I think. I think that this is a a window into what Disney could be, where they're taking something, like I said, like a Tron that does have a legacy, right? Even though if, if it's not everyone's favorite movie, it, it definitely made an impression, you know, in in our in our minds from from the eighties till now. Taking that and then they're like, well, we still want to give, you know, a big name to it. We still want to have like this uh this cool like atmosphere around it. And I feel like if they're gonna do that for Disney Plus, then hey, maybe they'll do that for more. I mean, other than the fact that apparently they ruined that Artemis Fowl movie. Yeah. I heard I heard that. <laughs> but that I mean, that's new, right? They're they're trying to find their footing. So yeah. Which they could do if they did a Tron three and like a solo two. Yeah, exactly. That, that'd be perfect. Like, see, it's like, and it, it would it would actually keep in line with the like Disney brand because that was like the whole thing in the nineties was they did sequels to 
to movies and they release them straight to video. Yeah. This could be like, hey guys, so like these movies aren't necessarily ones that we think. It's not that we don't have any faith in them. It's just that we think they'd work better on Disney Plus. So if you guys want Disney Plus, come on, check out like these sequels that you that you you didn't know you wanted for these movies. Yeah, well, like we said with us with uh, the solo thing, they could turn that into a miniseries. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it would still feel fine. Like you get the same people in it, and it's like, oh, this is cool. Like yeah. we saw the movie, and now we have this this TV show. That'd be cool. I'd like that. Yeah. That'd be awesome. And I feel like maybe this is an indication that that's the way that they're headed. But I mean, with most things that we talk about, it's like we're not going to know until later. But I will say that for a lot of times when we talk about this stuff, we seem to get it somewhat close. So I'm hoping, I really am hoping Disney's like, hey, what if because we're Disney? What if we actually did give like budgets to these things that aren't just Star Wars and they aren't just Marvel and they're like, huh, interesting. Wait, but they aren't Marvel or Star Wars? <laughs> no, but yeah, honestly, that's cool, I guess. But I think that, like I said, for me at least, uh, I'll watch it, but. I, for me, I think I'm more hopeful that this is the right step of like, hey, we need to do this with everything we do. Welcome to an evening with Beverly Law Lynn. There's an event tomorrow night at the hotel. An event? Remember the man in the plaid hat? Mr. Beverly. Beverly's a woman's name. No. It is a Scottish woman's name. Mm. I don't know what this event is, but Lulu's gone missing. Can anybody hear me? I'm trapped under the ice. Who is Beverly Loughlin? Let's do this. Are you trying to rob me, man? Run, go! Although I don't know quite what's going on, I'm having a great time, Lulu. And you nailed it with these cheesy onion rings. Mm. I need you to protect me, okay? Yes, I can do that. Good. The mystery of Colin is deepening. Go deeper, if you dare. Good luck, everyone. An Evening with Beverly Loughlin is an American-British crime comedy film directed by Jim Hosking. Lulu Danger, played by Aubrey Plaza, is a waitress in a coffee shop managed by her husband, Shane, played by Emile Hirsch, in a small town in the early 1990s. One evening while watching television, Lulu sees an advertisement for a mysterious upcoming live show to be held 
at the town's hotel called An Evening with Beverly Laughlin for one magical night only. Meanwhile, Shane becomes incest when he learns that Lulu's brother, Adjay, has more money than him and that he keeps his life savings in a lockbox at the spy store he owns. With the help of his dim-witted employees, Carl and Tyrone, Shane steals the lockbox, though Adjay quickly recognizes Shane as the culprit. Later, at the laundromat, decrying his situation, Adjay meets a drifter named Colin, played by Jermaine Clement, who offers to retrieve the lockbox in exchange for $200. Colin goes to the Danger household, where Lulu catches him snooping outside and mistakes him for a friend of Shane's. Colin pulls a gun on Shane and demands the lockbox, but when he panics, Lulu takes charge of the situation, taking the gun from Colin, retrieving the lockbox, and forcing Colin to drive her to the hotel. Beverly, played by Craig Robinson, checks into the hotel along with his sidekick, a Scottish man named Rodney, played by Matt Barry. Beverly and Lulu immediately recognize one another, though Beverly, who appears to be subverbal and communicates only through a series of grunts, does not indicate this to Rodney, who harbors secret homosexual feelings for him. Behind Rodney's back, Beverly attempts to arrange a meeting with Lulu by sending a letter to her room, but Rodney intercepts it and drugs Beverly. When Lulu arrives to meet Beverly, she instead finds Rodney wearing synchronized swimming makeup and tells her not to come between him and Beverly. On the night of the show, Beverly apparently falls ill and the event is postponed for 24 hours, only to become postponed for another day as Colin, Lulu, Beverly, and Rodney all jockey for one another's affections and Shane arrives at the hotel in search of the lockbox. Later, demanding to know the reason for Lulu's fixation on Beverly, she confesses that he was her poetry professor in college and that he left his wife for her. In the midst of the affair, he apparently drowned while the pair were on vacation, an event which emotionally destroyed her. Lulu, Colin, and the other guests gather for the show, which turns out to be a simple musical review in which Rodney and Beverly perform whimsical Scottish folk mel melodies. Beverly suddenly becomes articulate, singing in an uncongruous alto and regaling the audience with stories of his time visiting Scotland. Addressing Lulu, he gives a heartfelt speech about the nature of a lost love, apologizing for breaking her heart, and telling Rodney that, while he loves him as a friend, he has no romantic feelings for him. The event ends when Shane and Carl crash the show while Lawrence steals the lockbox from Colin's room. A fight erupts between Colin, Shane, and Carl, and the hotel security. Following Beverly to his room, Lulu demands to know why Beverly faked his death. Beverly confesses that the decision was impulsive and that he didn't really have a reason. He further admits everything he says on stage is similarly impulsive and that he's unsure he meant anything he said. A heartbroken Lulu leaves. Lulu and Colin meet in the hotel bar where Lulu tries to make amends for her treatment of him. When F.R. David's words begins to play, a song neither have heard before, Lulu invites Colin onto the dance floor, and the pair share an exuberant dance that ends with her jumping into his arms. Later, they return to their room to have sex, but Lulu falls asleep while Colin undresses. As Colin gets into bed, Lulu wakes up, and the pair tell each other, I love you. An Evening with Beverly Laughlin, a 
a movie that we saw. Yeah. Uh, oh. A movie that was filled with many a great people. Oh, yeah. Um, a movie I oh, would like to know yeah. what you thought about, Dom. Um, as soon as I started watching this movie, I think I was hooked because it's very distinct in its acting and its writing and 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 just like everything about it um i was i was sitting and watching it right and like there because it's it's obviously supposed to be a comedy because like you can tell with like certain actors like they're just a little outrageous but even just little things that they do and the one guy is like he's showing them the dance and he's all this is pop and locking and he's like not even doing anything and just like just the the way that they interact with each other, and I and I and I love that like, in order to disguise themselves, they put on like wigs, and it's like oh that's enough, but this it's it's not like a I wasn't like laugh out loud like ha ah, ha ah, like the whole time, but it's just like little things that I think got me, and I and I was wondering if it was like uh like Jared Hess. But no, like when I found out at the end, I was I went and looked it up, and I was like, no, he didn't like have anything to do because it kind of felt like one of those, like a a gentleman Broncos or a, if David Lynch directed a comedy, I feel like it would kind of be like this, <laughs> where things are just a little off, but it's like it's funny, but you're like, is that supposed to be funny? Because the characters like. It's just, but, or is that just how it's like, cause it's set in like the early nineties. Is that just how they are? You know what I mean? Like, but it, it still was a really good movie. I love like at the, like every little thing where it's like the, from just like the, the way the characters, like sometimes they over-exaggerate like the, 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 the guy at the hotel desk, he like yell, what did he yells at Rodney? Right. For no, like, for like no reason. He like just starts yelling at him, but like, it was still a good movie. Like, I think having broken it up the way I did, where I watched like the first, I had to watch the first half of them coming in and watching the second half. It really made the second half feel more of like a lo- love, like a crime drama, like a crime drama ish, with like like a love story in there. But it was still really good though. Like, I, honestly, like I think I think because it's, I, I I would love to see like what like regular people would think of this movie. I bet they'd hate it because they'd be like, "How's that funny?" So we reviewed Eurovision last week, right? Mm-hmm. And that movie was good, but that movie was good as as like an overall story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it had great music. Oh yeah, um, I was just had comedy, had like a through love story. That was good for that. But with this movie, for me at least, like this movie was way funnier because, yeah, you're right. Maybe you didn't laugh at everything, but it was waiting for the laugh to come. Yeah, set up. I think the, that's what it was. The the weird, awkward. Well, okay, well, what's what's gonna happen? Like even before <laughs> yeah. anything funny, you're like, the fuck? I go, some what? What's got? Huh? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's a, yeah. There's always that like build up to. So the funny part that's always hit that hits harder for me. And I mean, makes sense, right? You have, you have a uh, uh, Jermaine Clement in here mm. playing this fucking weirdo <laughs> and 
Like, you introduce him as, like, this badass, but really he's, like, a weird virgin. and And what I love about his character is that, like, he tells the story about, like, how he got his name, right? And, like, oh, like, my grandma would give me treats if I made a doo do yeah and then but then at the very end he talks about like yeah and then she was killed uh, when someone hit her in the head with a hammer but that's not an interesting story <laughs> and it's like see like that's where it's like funny because it's like see like he builds up all this to like yeah. like those are the, the to him those are the interesting stories yeah oh, like, and that you're right like it does have that off feeling where everything seems just a little bit off yeah like everything looks a little bit like similar but different it just has that has that like off-putting kind of type of thing um but still like for the most part every everyone was played pretty straight mm-hmm. but it was funny because of it yeah. it was funny because matt berry was a a scorn lover that <laughs> didn't even have him you know yeah. what i mean and and that and yeah like it's hilarious because <laughs> you're thinking like Oh, they're together now, and it's like no, you just no, yeah, <laughs> he's just like his like really good friend. Yeah, and what I love too is when, um, she goes to she goes to the pool to wait for um Craig Robinson, and he just swims, and Matt Barry swims up, but like in full makeup, like you didn't you didn't have to do any of that, but he did <laughs> just to tell her like back off, yeah. and then he just <laughs> he just. Swims away. Which proves my point that Matt oh, Berry God. is fucking. Oh hilarious. yeah, no, I've always thought Matt Berry. Was, oh, he's so fucking funny. He should have always been in more things. Yeah. Oh God. So yeah, I mean, it's a lot of that stuff that I I really loved about this movie. It was waiting for those comedy bits to hit really hard, and knowing that they're coming, it made the little awkward parts even funnier. I love when um. The her brother Adjay when he comes over to like the, the shop where they they work at, and he brings his friend. He's all, "Hey, can you show me where the restroom is?" And he's all, <laughs> "Yeah," and he takes him back there. And then, oh god! And then he just like he literally just w- walks out and like like nothing. It's just like little things like that. And I love when uh, they go and pick up um what's it Tyrone's um mom right? She, like she just starts coughing. And then keeps coughing and coughing. That that's supposed to be his mom, right? Yeah, I think so, right? Yeah, I I assume that that's who that that's supposed to be. But like, I love that like no one reacts to it. Like it's like it's out of place. I think that's what makes it funnier too. Is when something weird happens, but no one reacts to it like it's out of place. I think that's because I think that's just our sense of humor. Is when we see like something like that, and it makes it funnier because it's like. Even weirder. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying with the whole idea of like, you're just like, what the fuck? Yeah. So those those like little weird awkward parts, they blow up even hilarious, more hilarious because oh, you're like, well, wait, if this isn't the if this isn't the funny part, then what is going to be the funny part? And obviously, like I said, with everyone in it, yeah, fucking awesome. You know, you're kind of waiting for like what happens, but. I didn't think that they were gonna be like this Irish folk singing. <laughs> yeah, I know. Thing, I, whatever. I, that's what I, I thought it too. I, at first, I thought it was gonna be like some kind of like because she said he was dead, so I thought it was gonna be some kind of like paranormal, like oh, I can speak with the dead. So you know what I mean. So because it's like an evening with Beverly Loughlin for one 
night only. And so I was like, oh. And then they come out all in Scottish regalia and the, all the little kids that are all like little blondes. Yeah, it's it's that's what makes it so much more funny. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, it makes sense that I love this movie, like I said, with the cast and the way that the movie shot. Mm. It it's it's like this is this is what I think for us and maybe our generation. You know how like people say like, "Oh, that's a that's one of those indie darling films." Mm. This is what this equivalents to us. It's yeah. those movies that we get from these stars that we love, that are just like random throwaway movies that even even people who are fans of them maybe don't even know. Like, yeah. oh, have you ever seen this movie with them? They're like, ah, uh, no, what movie? Oh, and and you like, say oh, you've never seen this movie. Oh, and you're a fan of you say you're a fan of uh, Aubrey Plaza. Yeah, you never I seen mean, you never seen Mystery Team. Huh. <laughs> Strange. Mystery team? No, I never, Strange. never heard of that. That guy looks like Childish Gambino, though. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I feel like that idea is what these movies are to us. Yeah. So, yeah, it may not be like a Eurovision, right? Where it's, oh, it's this big budget and, yeah. oh, they're pushing all this stuff, whatever. It's not meant to be that. And I think that that's better because... Just like you have like these serious actors who do these small indie roles to, you know, get whatever. It's the same thing, but with comedy people where they're like, oh, we just want to get together and make everyone laugh. Yeah. You know, we're trying to, <laughs> we're making these movies. <laughs> so <laughs> but it just goes so to- we could get a, a Matt, a Matt Berry, a Jermaine Clement, a Aubrey Praza, uh, Craig Robinson in one movie. It's like. Uh yeah. Yeah. And not only that, but also it's just like it's like that perfect type of like avant garde humor that I think like we love. If you're into these type of movies, then you kinda get what you're gonna get out of this movie, but I will say I didn't think that this was gonna be like this exactly. You know what I mean? Like Yeah. I, I didn't think I was gonna get those David Lynch feels from this movie. Mm-hmm. But I was hoping that I was going to get something kind of silly from it. Yeah. And when you, like I said, you have all these amazing comedians together. It's like, this is kind of what I would hope for. Mm. But it does it in a way that I wasn't expecting. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah. I mean, if you guys haven't seen this movie, please check it out. It's hilarious. Yeah. I mean, it's. It is hilarious. It is. Don't let the you know the first couple of seconds fool you. It's a comedy, and it gets better. And uh, everything about this movie was awesome. I loved it, and I hope all these actors and stuff you see, like, oh, this guy is hilarious. Whatever. Like we said with Matt Berry, he's someone that if you're into comedy. Uh, especially outside of the U.S., and mm-hmm. you probably know him. Oh yeah. If not, you know you're probably barely introducing to him. Mm-hmm. Please check him out. Um, and the funny thing too is like a lot of these, a lot of these actors, like they have other movies like this, right? Mm-hmm. What's that one with Craig Robinson where he plays the devil? Oh, I can't. Anna Kendrick's in it, but he he's in like that's the same thing. It's like a small budget kind of comedy apocalypse type of world and it's hilarious i mean 
obviously oddly Prowse has been just <laughs> been in so many like smaller yeah. films and stuff. So please just if you haven't watched this, check it out. It's hilarious. Two thumbs way up, back, super hard. Check it out. Shia LaBeouf's new movie, uh, the crime drama The Tax Collector, isn't expected to be released until August, but it's already causing some controversy. The trailer for the latest um, film from director David Ayers, who also helmed Street Kings, uh, End of Watch, and Suicide Squad, uh, promptly led social media to ask why uh, LaBeouf is um, brown-facing. So Ayers himself appeared to respond, but his answer didn't really, like, stop any kind of debate. He said that he grew up in the hood, even even though he's white, because Chicano culture is inclusive. So still his comments spark conversation about whether a Latino actor should have been cast instead of LaBeouf, where um, there's also talk about whether LaBeouf is in fact the lead. Uh, The trailer in the trailer, LaBeouf is the actor featured most prominently and he plays the character mentioned in the movie title, but actor Bobby Soto, who is Latino is often, is often alongside him and also featured on the movie poster. This is what David Ayer said. Really important answer. Shia is playing a white boy who grew up in the hood. This is a Jewish dude playing a white character. And then did you see that like Shia LaBeouf actually got like tattooed and stuff for the movie? Um, David Ayer said, yeah, he's like, I grew up in the hood. I'm a white boy. Chicano culture is inclusive. I've seen whiteies, Asians, blacks. <laughs> Philip, I'm, I'm surprised he didn't say blackies. Filipinos, all putting in work for the hood. It's part of street culture. You know? <sighs> and then he, he, he went on and on. You just told you just told them it ain't a cop movie. And Shia is playing something very specific. Not brownface. If the first question is, do I think it's bad he's playing brownface? Yeah. He's not. He's just playing mm. himself, but someone who grew up in the hood, which we do see a lot, and we do see a lot That's in the true. movies. Uh, sometimes it's more prevalent, like you're where they're the main character or whatever. Sometimes it is, but a lot of times it's, oh, you know, here's a movie about like this neighborhood or whatever, and you always see like the one, you know, weird white guy, or, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> <clears throat> or, um, yeah, like the Asian guy who grew up with like Mexicans and stuff. We do see that a lot. Um, that's true. I specifically remember the the kid from uh, Spy Kids was in. I forgot what movie he was in, but he, that was his character. Was he played a white boy that was from the hood, and so he dressed and everything like he was Chicano and all that. Uh, one movie that um, a lot of like, especially like in that culture of like Chicano, would be like Blood In, Blood Out, uh, Bound by Honor. Which I I always because my, my mom like loves that movie, and she always called it Bound by Honor, and the title got switched to Blood and Blood Out. But like she always called it that, and I always thought like that was so weird. Like how do you get that from that? But then I learned that like that the, the over time the title just like it's they like changed the title of it. But yeah, I mean exactly like, and that's that's a movie especially with 
a lot of like more Chicano people, mm. they that's like that's like their boys in the hood. Yeah, exactly. And so it, it is. And so like we've seen this before. Mm-hmm. I mean, I haven't seen the movie, so I don't know if it is racist or not. Yeah, that's true. But from from what I've seen, I don't think it is. But the movie could could prove me wrong. Um, but if if you're asking about like like or culture appropriation and all that stuff. Yeah, that's always a fine line to walk because we see it a lot where it's acceptable. Yeah. Because of, you know, circumstances. And then also just because of your circumstances doesn't mean you get to automatic. Like, just because you were born in, like, South Side Chicago doesn't mean, like, oh, I could say the N-word. And it's like, no, you're really (laughs) white. You know what I mean? Well, okay, so one person said, oh, hey, another movie with Latinos and blacks and glorified gang culture on steroids that reinforces stereotypes and fears for white folks and promotes the cop mentality that it's a battlefield out there. Sigh, Hollywood, come on. We don't need this right now. One person said, "Um, why is Shia LaBeouf imitating like a Cholo accent? Why did the white director say he studied a real-life Cholo so he gets... He gets a pass. Stop making movies where Latinos are always drug dealers or gangsters. We're more than that. I mean, the whole um, like glorifying gang and all this stuff, whatever, which is true, right? Especially when it's coming from yeah. white director. But the thing is, that's always going to be a part of, I guess, this uh, this like Hollywood mentality of like that's what is true. a gang and stuff because. Yeah, every once in a while we'll see something like uh, The Town, where, yeah, oh, it's like an Irish gang, right? Mm. But the majority of the time it is. And I'm not saying that's bad, but there's even people of color who write these stories about this stuff. Yeah. And and, and a lot of times it is like, yeah, that's what I grew up with. It's what I know. And it's like, okay, that's cool. But do they get a pass because of it? Shouldn't they also? I mean- if you want to hold him accountable for being like a naive white guy, then why don't you hold other people accountable for saying like, well, if this is stuff you grew up with, wouldn't you want to promote something else? Be different, show change. Um, I'm not sure that's exactly what like comment comment has a show. I think he works with uh showtime or something and I haven't watched it, but I think that's kind of what he does. He turns it like, it's kind of like a drama mm. about Chicago and stuff. So he probably has some stuff in there, but I think it's like it's more about like the beauty or whatever. I forgot what it's called, but like you you have something what with Fifty Cent, like how produced. Um, God, I can't remember that show. It's on. It's on Stars. Um, I watched it a bunch of Junior, but I mean that's what it's about. It's about like crooked cops and gangs and stuff like that. And it's like I'm not saying he shouldn't be able to, and I'm not saying that that's something that shouldn't be shown, but. If you ha- if you want to bring that conversation up, you have to bring that conversation up to those people yeah. too. Obviously, yeah. white directors and stuff need to talk about that too because we've seen not only that, but look at war movies, how they treat war movies and they go to certain countries and it's like, oh, see how dirty and dangerous it is. And it's like, that's not how the town works. That's no. not how this looks. Or the, the reverse is like whenever they show America... And like a World War Two picture, it's always like we're the good guys. We're here to save everybody. But really, though, there is a lot of those conversations that we need to have. But I just 
it irritates me, especially being someone of color, when people bring that stuff up and it's like, but you won't bring that up in your own community. You won't bring that yeah, up. That's true. You know, you don't bring that up when whenever whenever everything seems fine and dandy, you don't want to talk about it. But whenever something ir- like irks you the wrong way, then you bring it up. And I'm not and I'm not saying like, yeah, David Ayers gets a pass. Like I said, I didn't seen the movie. I don't fucking know. Um, but that that's just that's something that I've always heard and I've always seen. And it's like there's a hypocrisy there. Yeah. So when you when anyone brings that that I mean not talking about like the brown or black face or anything like that, right? Where you're trying to appropriate anything. I'm just talking about how they easily tie all this stuff together and it's like, well then unpack it and 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 let's change it as a community, as a whole. Yeah. It it'd be like if uh there was some TV show out there uh, made by Native Americans and all their thing was like showing how they were like drunk all the time and you know this and that, right? And it's like yeah, I mean, it it would make sense to an extent because that is a reality, right? I mean, t- I can't even tell you how many of my cousins and and all my relatives like they deal with that shit. Yeah, I mean, literally um, actively too. But I'll, but at the same point, it's like, what? Then why would you make it uh, like this your medium? Why would you want to show all this negative stuff? Why don't you show the fact that? our community has a lot of like amazing talented, like basketball players. And that's something that a lot of people don't know is like a lot of natives. They love playing basketball. A lot of them do really well, especially even for being for smaller schools. You could do stuff like that. You could do, you could show our pageants. You can show, you know, there's so much that you could show that's like positive and whatnot. But at the same point, some of that stuff needs to be talked about. Um, some of the stuff about like the missing women and stuff like that, that needs to be talked about, but see those conversations are so loaded that when you throw it in like this, it's like you're trying to unpack something that has way more weight than, Oh, Shia LaBeouf shouldn't be in a movie with Mexicans. Well, yeah. And also like, I feel like people just want to assume that that too, like that kind of culture is just like, it's for one person. Because, like, okay, I mean, I'm not necessarily someone who grew up within it, but I grew up adjacent to it. So, like, I, I've seen people in there. And, like, I mean, yeah, you're right. Like, there's a lot of things in there that, like, need to change. And people need to, like, evolve and grow and grow up. Um, but, yeah, you're, you're right. It's, like, I feel like, like, just because you're one... Um, ethnicity doesn't mean you you can't write for other people like isn't that the whole point of like writing as you're and like and storytelling is to be able yeah we do need to hear the voices of like people from that culture but like at the same time like hey like let's also talk about other cultures too and one thing i think this because we haven't even seen the film yet because what what if we see it and it's nothing like we think it is because we can make it in our head, like he's just sitting there, like, oh, yo, the, the, I don't know, I can't do that. No, um, uh, but also with that, you're right because from what it sounds like, it sounds like David Ayers is trying to put himself in the movie. Yeah, and that, so, I think that's what it is. So that, like I said, that could be if you're you're right, right? You you want to write for people, you know, whatever. I mean, he's he's writing about a white guy mm-hmm. who grew up in a Mexican neighborhood. Um, but I think my my point though is like. I feel like creators can tell vo- like stories. Look at M. Night Shyamalan. 
he never tells the point point of view from people who are uh, Indian American, right? Never. It's it's so weird that he never that all of his movies are about like white people. But like, also a thing about cultural appropriation is it's like bringing that up too. Before, like I was always a hundred percent like, yeah, you know, you can't do that until you realize that you can't speak for a whole community because yeah. a whole community doesn't always exist in one place like Twitter. For instance, the Chicano culture, right? Like they're saying that's fucked up, but do they know that in Japan that's actually really huge? Yeah, there's people. I know. Yeah, there's yeah. people in Japan who they love Chicano culture, and yeah, it does look problematic because they dressing like them and they have the low riders and all it's this like stuff. Exaggerated, like <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I mean, it is, but it isn't. But at the same point. It's because they fell in love with something and it, that's their way of showing appreciation. And a lot of Mexicans who've seen that, they're like, I think that's actually really cool. Yeah. Um, another one is, I, th- I can't remember if it was if it was Hindi or if it was Chinese, but there, there, was, there, there was a big thing about like wearing a certain dress out here, right? And a lot of people were saying that that was, oh, that's, no, that's wrong or whatever. But then the people from like what I can't remember if it was if it was from like India or somewhere, but or maybe Chinese or China or something. But they were saying like, you can't speak for us. Like, yeah, yeah you guys are Asian American, and some of you guys are you know from actually Asia that are bothered. But over here, like, we think it's amazing that our our the way that you know these style of dresses are has made it to Western culture, and people find it beautiful. Yeah. And and when I and like really like when you hear stuff like that from their quote unquote motherland, it does make you think it does make you feel like, huh, maybe it's not always the way we see it. Yeah, it it is different when it's like these white people always dressing up in like native guard. Right. Yeah. And it's like, but you guys aren't plain Indians. Stop dressing like you're. From a plain Indian yeah, tribe. And, and it would be completely different if Shia LaBeouf just walked up on set and was like they told him he was playing like maybe some guy who's half Mexican, right? And they never told him to to get the tattoos like that. And they never told him like to, to get in that like culture, right? It's like, no, you're just playing some guy who's half Mexican. And he's like, No, no, I say I'm from the hood, East East Los. I mean, I mean to be honest, this whole thing is loaded because we don't really necessarily know like it's it's one it's one thing to speak about scarlett johansson taking over a trans uh role because it's it's that's easy she's not trans she's not oh i'm one quarter trans (laughs) or i actually grew up in a trans household so like i'm basically trans like it's, it's nothing like that it's it's black and white it's hey you're not a trans person we need someone who's a trans person in this role. That's where it's fucked up. Yeah. Right. It's not, Hey, stop writing, stop writing black people. And, and your your stop writing for black people as your main character in your movie. If you're trying to yeah. base them off of being like a black person. Yeah. In you're, X area. You're, you're not black. So that means you can't write about black people. It's like, what I, but no, I'm saying like it it would like there's a there's a difference between writing for a character who, you know, he's this he's this funny, 
you know, a uh, comedian guy who has trust issues and he just happens to be black. That's one thing. Yeah. But it's another if, yeah, he just got out of prison because yeah, he yeah, grew yeah, up in the yeah. South and he killed this guy and he ran away to to Mexico where he, you know, he ran with this gang for a little bit and he got caught up and got extra, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, it's not, that would be different if it's like, yeah, if a Stephen King was writing that, it's like, um, maybe this is something you should write about. But if Stephen King was writing about some guy who fell, who came across an alien and no one believes him, but that guy happens to be black. Yeah. I think that's okay. Yeah. As long as you're not writing for that character saying like, oh, then he went home and he ate a bunch of fried chicken and green beans. It's like, okay, now you're fucking. Don't forget the Kool-Aid. So that that that's where I think that's where that comes from. Um, And I don't know if that's how this is, but from what I'm getting, it's just. Yeah. Especially like when you're around certain people, that's just kind of how you are. I kind of feel like the way about this movie, the way I did about End of Watch, where in that one, I think it's Jake Gyllenhaal, right? Where he's kind of in that same culture, but he's a cop, right? And like, but he's, he's been around them for so long, like around them. God, I can say that because I'm, I'm Mexican. He's been around those people for so long. (laughs) No, he's been around that, um, the culture, like the Mexican culture for so long. Right. And like, for me, it was like, whatever my mom loved, like loved that movie. So I don't know exactly. So I don't know. I guess it's like fine to like older Mexicans. Just because someone's fine with it still doesn't mean that it's not offensive. No. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think that that's where a lot of this stuff comes from, where maybe I don't find this movie offensive, but someone does. And maybe their voice matters more. Maybe it doesn't. Yeah. I mean, who do you, who yeah, are maybe, you to say that? You know. Maybe it's a bunch of white people on Twitter who are like, "That's offensive." That Shia LaBeouf is. How come he can say Chicano and I can't? Yeah. I feel like it's it's also some some of that too, where they those people get you know? <laughs> Yeah. And and I'm and like like I said, especially right now, I think a lot of people with this whole like, "Oh, change this, change that, whatever." A lot of people are like, "Oh, it's just like." It's just like this liberal cal- or liberal um, council culture, or whatever, and maybe part of it is. But still, these are conversations that should be had. Yeah, I don't think that sports teams should have straight up racist shit as their sports thing. It's not like, yeah, it's not like we're like, oh well, we Phoenix needs a new team. How about um the abusive crackers? Let's do that, right? I wish. And then oh, we can't do that, and it's like oh, it's weird how. When someone else points something out, that's racist. Mm. Oh, but but this one's been forever. But this racism has stood forever. Oh, yeah. So that's why that's it should a be tradition. Fine. And maybe that's a part of it, right? Maybe that some of these people who who have been in this Chicano culture since the beginning of the days, right? Maybe that's their whole life, and then they see this and they're like, "That's not fair." Or maybe maybe they don't. Maybe some of them are like, "Oh, that's cool." Like you yeah. know, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty Shia sure my brother, my oldest brother, saw. He'd be like, "Yeah, badass." Like I said, all this is loaded, but yeah, I mean, until the movie oh, comes yeah. out, we won't know. Oh yeah, it's very loaded. Eh? So until then, we'll just say thank you for listening. Yes, thank you. If you want to go ahead and follow us on any of your streaming services, please do so. 
Um, we are having some technical difficulties with YouTube, but if you want to go ahead and find the link in our show description, mm-hmm. please do. Uh, or you could follow us on any of our social media. It's INTB underscore podcast for Instagram and Twitter. Or you can email us directly at intbpodcast at gmail.com. And you can let us know, um, do you find any of this shit offensive? Do you think it's fair that Shia LaBeouf could play a white guy who grew up in a Mexican neighborhood? Yeah. Or, or did you see um, An Evening with Beverly Laughlin? Or, um, like, uh, what do you think about um, anything else we talked about? Like Halle Berry or Tron or... Yeah, what do you think about Halle Berry, huh? Yeah. What, what, do you, what do you think about Halle Berry? Yeah, go ahead and DM us, message us, mm. email us, tag yes. us, whatever. We'll, we'll get back to you because it's fun, too. Yeah. Um, and as always, remember to wear your mask. Yes. Uh, especially here in Arizona, because mm. we did hit number one again. Woo! Woo! One more, number one worldwide. <laughs> number one. Oh fuck! Wait. Um. Hmm. Yay! <laughs> so, wash your hands. Yes. If you have gloves, wear them. Yeah. Social distance. Mm-hmm. But until then, guys, be safe. And as always, remember. It's not that bad. It's not that bad.